Today, as we look in the Word of God, we're going to draw your attention to our one main passage as we've been dealing in Matthew, but I'm going to read several passages or different passages today. Take the sermon. Would you stand, please, as I pray? We are grateful, Lord, today to be able to be in your presence in this marvelous service. What an honor to be able to worship you in this day and time, how your presence have already come and just have lifted us. And we are grateful for the worship service. Thank you for the privilege of your presence and all that you're doing. And help us to hear the word of God. All preparation to hear the word of God. So we honor you today. We thank you for your goodness and your righteousness. We bless you today for being our Savior and for those who have not yet called on the name of the Lord, God, we just say, would they, may the people that have not said yes say yes quickly to your mighty word, to your will. We give you the glory. Thank you for your righteousness and your goodness. We give you honor in Jesus' name. Bless the, the speaker, bless the hearers, and help us to always be careful to give you all the honor in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Sister Florence, when are you being honored in March? What day, what day are you being honored? I didn't print March 31st, Sister Florence is being honored as a special woman uh, and <laughs> of, of Moran County. What, what is, what is, I don't have the exact title of it again. Moran County Women Hall of Fame. She's going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. If if you want to, if you want to purchase a ticket for ninety five dollars, it would be that's what it is ninety five dollars for the ticket for the service. Oh, <laughs> so, so eighty five for the important. But if you would like to go, um, I'll be going to a, a, attending. But if there are people that really that want to go, the end of March, I'll have the flyer next week for you. We have about a month, and so I need to. The pro, the issue is that if you want to go, want to get a ticket. If you want to pay a hundred dollars, it can be ten people at a table. If we want to get a ticket, there's a timeline before the price goes up to one hundred and ten dollars. But if you would like to go, uh, please see me this week or give, get in contact with me. But Sister Florence is going to be inducted, and so we will have a person in the Hall of Fame in Marin County. <laughs> All right. In your Bibles, turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 7. How many of you have seen our new signs as you come up outside on the modular? Have you seen the signs? No, people haven't seen the signs? Everybody hasn't seen this? We have, as you go out the parking lot, look at the modular there. We have some new signs, and uh, we want to thank the Lord for what he's doing. God is doing some things and we're grateful. As you know, we're working on the building. <laughs> There's a song that's called Working on the Building. Physically, this building physically and our spiritual building. 
So we're working to clean some things up inside. And the Lord is helping us just get some things in order. So we just thank God for all that he's doing. What again, thank the Lord for your presence. Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 28, and this is what it says. Be reading from the NIV. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet, It did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Luke chapter 6, verses 47 through 49. I'm not going to go to Ezekiel. Luke chapter 6, verses 47 through 49. As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When the flood came, the torrent struck at that house, but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. I'm not going to Ezekiel. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 25. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 25. When the storm has swept by the wicked, excuse me, when the storm has swept by, the wicked are gone, but the righteous stand forever. Stay right there in Proverbs and go to chapter 12, verse 7. The wicked are overthrown and are no more, but the house of the righteous stands firm. Stay right there in Proverbs. Go to chapter 14, verse 11. The house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the upright will flourish. Romans chapter 2, verse 13. Romans chapter 2, verse 13. This is what it says. For it is not those who hear the law 
who are righteous in God's sight, but it is those who obey the law who will be declared righteous. 1 John chapter 2, verse 17. 1 John, not St. John, way in the back. 1 John, the letter of John. 1 John chapter 2, verse 17. Verse John, chapter 2, verse 17 says, The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Then finally, right there in 1 John, still, chapter 3, verse 7. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous just as he is righteous. The title that I've given for this sermon, There's a Storm Coming. Feeling better? Wonderful. You've been one sick person. Bronchitis and all the, everything else. The Lord says good to you. And I've gotten your text, and we have put you on the list. I just want you to know, and your son stood up a couple of weeks ago, I want my mama to be put on the list. Little Michael believes in prayer. He'll beat you up if you say he ain't no God. <laughs> you cannot enter or go through this life as an adult and not have storms to sweep over you. As Jesus concludes his Sermon on the Mount, the ending of his sermon is one of judgment for those who do not do what he says. There are two types of people, those who do what God says and those who do not do what he says. There is no in-between. Lapses, lapses in doing what God says leads those when they hear of their sins, to be convicted. If you have lapses at times and you have sinned, those that hear God's word says, let me quickly get it right. It moves those that are passive in the direction of the Almighty God. No passive person says, I'm just going to try to do a little bit better. No, God ain't try, telling you just try to do better. Do good, he says. Got a lot of people making good plans and not following through. Point number one that we're going to address first is wisdom shown by action. Wisdom shown by action. You'll find that in Matthew 7, 24. It starts by saying, therefore, therefore. Now, I told you before that whenever you hear the word, therefore, you need to stop to see what it's there for. You don't go just run past that word, therefore, stop. Why would Jesus say, therefore? Because that means that something has come before that that you need to understand, and therefore there is a point that's being made so that application can take place. So when you see the word, therefore, you know that it's dealing with something that has come before. 
Now Jesus has said a lot on this mountain, and it is not like anything that the people have heard before. They've heard a lot of things, but not like Jesus. They, they, they couldn't stay up on this mountain. That's not an option. They're gonna, they're gonna have to come down. I know that you want your mountaintop experience. Nothing wrong with that. But you can't stay up on the mountain. You gotta come down. When you leave church, Satan is gonna be waiting for you. He'll pat you on your back and touch you on your shoulder. Now, now you just got to church. What? Let's go get into some mischief. Let's go get into some trouble. He'll whisper to you in your ear. You don't need to hear what that preacher just said. That's right there for Sunday mornings. You can go do that's just You've done your duty for the day. You went to church. There is in this parable that Jesus gives, there is a conclusion that he makes one to action. He makes this point, and, 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 and underneath all that he says is one that should propel you to action. You're, there's a lot of people that give a call to action. You know, they're, we're going to make this call to action. But it's oftentimes based on faulty philosophy and one's own personal gain and interest. When we look at the Word of God, there should be a call to action in our lives. What are you going to do with what you heard? So many people are reading and looking at the Word of God. I, I spent my ten minutes in the Word of God today. I've done my duty. And I can get on about my day. Thank you, Lord, for spending time with me. I'll see you back here later this evening. The Lord is not some God that is locked up in some room. You start your day by saying, God, I need your help to go through this crazy world. You better take the Lord and have Him take you with Him. Many people today want to go on out in the world and not do anything that God says and not follow Him. But the Lord has been preaching upon this mountain and has been taking these people through an experience that they haven't heard before. Now there's this call to action because there's a storm coming. See, there's storms in life. There's many storms that hit people. And we're going to be dealing with that in just a moment. But, but I need, to, need you to know something. Storms let you know what's inside of you. God, God is not sending a storm so he can find out what you made of, what's inside. He already knows. You don't know. We want this life to be just nice and easy, no problems, but that's not what God does. He takes you through things. In order so that you can see what you made of, so that you can be able to put your trust further in Him. Jesus says that wisdom is shown by what a person does with what he says. The wise and the foolish both hear what is said, but they take two different courses. 
Everybody upon that mountain heard what Jesus said. But everybody upon that mountain is not going to do what Jesus said. People who are only concerned with the here and now don't usually prepare for the future spiritually. They dig their roots in here and they cannot be torn away from it. But this world is not your home. My sister sings the songs that you are a stranger down here. This world is not your home. Too many of y'all are too familiar with this world. Try to take something from you and you go crazy. Don't, that's mine. Don't you, don't you know who, who I am? Take out your switchblade. Tell you back in the day, my dad, he cut you. Kept his knife in his pocket. Mess with the rev, he cut you. And even in his older age, when he had been serving the Lord for years, get him upset. He had to go, Lord, forgive me, Lord, help me, help me, help me. If one is not careful, one will think that as long as I set my house up on a rock, it's going to be okay. Now the Lord says that the person that hears his word, the wise one, is like a man that built his house upon a rock. It is not good enough just to go plop your house upon the rock. But there's some work that needs to be done. There's some preparation that needs to take place. You see, when, when you look at building upon a rock, you see, in the ancient days, you, you, you see, there had to be a digging process. They had to go down through the dirt. And it didn't say, I'm going to just dig 10 feet and that's going to be it. No, they had to dig. And they had to dig as far and as long as it required in order till they hit rock. The reason that many people are blown over is because they said, I've done some digging, but they dug only beneath the surface. Ain't hit no rock. All they've done is gone to the root of the grass. Ain't got no foundation. So when the winds blow, they blow right on over with it. But the person that's wise, Jesus says, is the one that here is like the person that builds his house upon a rock. Now get this. When they start to dig, they will dig as long and as far as necessary. 30 feet, 40 feet. And when they hit rock, they're not done. The idea is that one will dig into the rock and go deep into the rock in order to have an anchor, in order so that the foundation can be set. Some of y'all thinking just a rock, go plop it up there. No, you'd be blown over. You see, when you begin to dig, it requires work. When you begin to, to, to make preparations, when God has given a word, it, it takes something, it takes some effort and it takes something. So you begin to dig and, and as you go, you're wet, you're sweat, wiping the sweat from your brow and you go digging some more, 
digging and you thinking, when am I going to be done? Well, you're going to be done until you hit the rock. And then we hit the rock. There it is. Then it says, now the real hard work begins. Let's keep on right on going. You don't stop just because you touch the rock. You see, there are many people, the Bible just said, many people said to me, Lord, Lord, they're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. You see, there are people who are saying, I, I know the Lord. I called his name. He said, just as we mentioned last week, everybody's saying to me, Lord, Lord, ain't going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Or actually the week before. The reason that so many people just fall to pieces when trouble hits is that they never dug into the rock. They thought they had a firm foundation, but not so. So the wise man was not satisfied in just hitting the rock. He dug into the rock. Again, it makes no difference how far you have to go. Once you hit that rock, it requires that you go into the rock. You see, when they were building this church upon this hill, in the very back, they had, a, and that's still back there, they had some rock back there. Now, when they started chiseling that rock, they thought it would be a quick process. But the person that was overseeing the work was saying, we cannot go until we chisel this rock down. So they rented some jackhammers and go to work. Two weeks later, after all day, they're still out there jackhammering that rock. He comes out, is it? Nope, keep going. Help us, Lord, to know that if you're not firmly established in the rock, you're not going to be able to withstand the storms that come. So the wise man hears the word of God. And puts his foundation in Christ and what he says. Now verse 25 says, The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation upon the rock. Once the house had been put into place, it makes no difference how quickly the neighbor put his house up. That, that's, that's not your concern. Your concern is not looking at how come their house is already built and I'm still digging. Your concern is not about what somebody else's life is supposed to be like. God has called you to your own personal walk in him. And here we are comparing ourselves to somebody else. They've raised up their house, and we think it looks so beautiful. I wish I was done. You still got work to do. There are threefold things that's about this storm that we note. One is that the rain comes. That speaks of the rain that comes on the top. The second is that the streams rose, and that speaks of that which comes from underneath. And then the winds that blew speaks of the things that hits the side of the house. 
You see, when the Lord is speaking here, he is talking about a storm that hits a person from every side and every direction, and there's no way to avoid it, and the storm itself is not a drizzle. One of the events alone would be enough to destroy that house. But when you are hit from every side, when you're hit from the top, hit from the bottom, and hit from the, from the side, God does a thing in a person who has put their foundation in the rock. So when he says, when the rain came, these are torrential rains. It, it was known back then that the rains were torrential. A squall, a storm could come up at any moment upon the water. Ask the Apostle Paul. He knew about some storms. In life, you are often not hit by one thing, but the full force of a storm. Hits you in every direction. For some people, just the rain itself is enough to just say, I quit, I stop, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I, I, I'm through. Just the rain. I know some people out there, what's the weather like today? Is, is it raining outside? Raining outside, let me close up the window and get back in bed. I can't go. Then, it's flooding out there. Stay home. Now, there's some times when you got to stay home. But when, when the Lord is speaking here, he, he, he's speaking, you know, spiritually, when, what, what one has to do to prepare. You see, there's something that when Monday morning comes, ain't going to keep you from your job. Here you go, putting on your raincoat, strapping on your boots. You bring out the boat from the garage with the paddle in hand. You're going to paddle your way to the bus stop. Tie it to the tree. Get on the bus. Make sure you get down to the Golden Gate Ferry so you can cross on sea over to the job and tell everybody how you made it over. But Lord, have mercy that the forecast says there's going to be a little rain today. Oh, y'all better prepare. Mm -mm. Are they going to cancel church today? Don't tell them that the office is going to be closed for some of y'all. I need my money. Y'all going to pay me today. Ain't my fault. When you are hit on all sides, it's going to reveal what foundation you've been setting, sitting on and setting up. Jesus emphasizes that the wise man or person builds his house to prepare for that which is to come. The storm is coming. Some of y'all are not prepared for the storm. But the storm is coming. You see, the wise man builds because he knows the storm is coming and he wants to make sure that what he builds is going to stand. Point two, foolishness shown by inaction. Foolishness shown by inaction. Verses 26 and 27 of chapter 7. 
Now, those that were present at Jesus' Sermon on the Mount include the wise and the foolish. The word foolish is understood to mean a person that is stupid or a moron, not because of intellect, but because of what they did not do. It comes from the word meaning moron, that word foolish. Does not deal with one's intelligence, but the unwillingness to do what Jesus said to do. Now get this, Jesus started to be added to this blessed is the person that mourns and blesses. All the Beatitudes, these eight, and we broke them down into nine. And then at the end, as he sums up, he brings it to a conclusion by pronouncing judgment on those who don't hear and do what he said. The same storm is experienced by both the wise and the foolish. But the results are quite different. Building on the sand was a moronic thing to do. The storm that could arise at any moment were well known, and the devastation incredible. The idea of building on sand with no foundation can be understood by many. Quick fixes and solutions with major problems will lead to bigger problems. Go ahead and duct tape that muffler to your car. It's going to eventually come off. Girl, I ain't talking about your Lexus. <laughs> your Ford Lexus. <laughs> I've used some stuff on my car before the past. Here I am driving a car, and I got a hole in my floorboard. I just go to throw a piece of, I got some, I got a, I got some carpet, plop right on top of it. Wore a hole in it. How many of y'all want a hole in your floor? The carpet, your floorboard. No. Or I, I've worn some holes through my through my carpet, through my mat. Nigga, where that? What in the world? I just had to go buy one just recently because of my heel, because of constant wear, constant just wearing. The foolish builder hears the word as the same as the wise. They both hear the message. But the person that's foolish refused to do that which was necessary to be safe. Many people build on the sinking sands of life, and when things don't go their way, as soon as the rain starts and the winds blow and the flood underneath comes, they crash. The idea of the crashing here, you need to understand when it speaks of this building and a great crash, it is not simply talking about falling over. It is a ruin that happens. In other words, it breaks to pieces. There is no reconstructing of those pieces. It falls apart, completely destroyed. Storms that Christ describes, we need to understand, can be filled with all types of debris that goes along with the storm. You see, there's different things in rivers and waters when storms come. And, and, and so if you're not careful, you may not be hit by just the rain, or the, you may not be affected as much by the rain, but something that might be in the water is just coming through. 
You see, when there's debris and all types of things that's in these storms and in the water, one needs to be prepared and aware that I could be damaged and hurt. My, 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 my house can be destroyed by any of these things. How am I prepared? How am I building? How is my foundation set? When we think of eschatology, eschatology, the study of end time, the study of those things of the future, the judgment, when we think about eschatology in this conclusion, study of end times, Jesus has already said that everyone that says to him, as I said, Lord, Lord, is not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. When we look at, at the end times and when God is talking, one needs to understand that in, in ultimately what he's mentioning is that at the end of the time when he sits as judge, if what Jesus has said has not been done, it's like the person who built their house on everything else. Their feelings, their thoughts, different philosophies, Coming to church but not digging in deep into the Lord. Looking good but not living worth anything. Building on sand. That house is going to fall with a great crash. Having good plans without implementation or a way of implementing them is going to cause a great crash. The sureness and steadfastness of your house, your life, will show when the storm hits. How strong you are is going to show. I tell people that come to the Lord, I've told them, people that come to the Lord and get to, and I tell, I warn them, now, now be prepared. You're about to be hit now by the storm because the enemy is not happy that you said yes to Jesus. So you need to be prepared. You need to be aware of that which is going to come. And would you know it, as soon as they told you, right down the road, something happens, you don't see them no more. Because why? Because they didn't understand that the storms of life meant things happened to them. See, they were, many people run off emotions. They run off what they feel like. And so they feel good and think they're going to be able to run off their feelings. But there is no digging into the word of God. No digging and pressing through. I've got to get to church. I've got to go see the Lord. I've got to get into my word. No. It's everything else. Let me quickly get through this point and I'm going to be done. Verses 28 and 29. Now it is interesting that the amazement that the people describe as to Jesus Tells the people about these two builders and the person that builds on sand and not on him. Now, let me back up for a minute and say this. One of the things that's interesting as you get to this final part, Jesus, being the master teacher, took various concepts and things that the people knew and he elaborated on them and discussed them in such a way that the people had never heard taught like that before. When we look at verses 28 and 29 that I'm going to read and soon be out, let you go enjoy your Valentine's Day, 
And 28 and 29, it says, When Jesus had finished these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. It is interesting that the amazement described is not described as what happened on the day of Pentecost. You see, when the apostles were preaching on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, the people said, what must we do to be saved? You don't hear that. They said, oh, he sounds so good. He he don't teach like the scribes and Pharisees that we know, but there, for many, there's no application. What they did, they compared Jesus teaching to those of the Pharisees and scribes, which was good, but you don't hear and then left that place to follow and do what Jesus said. They're amazed at his teaching, at his at his what he says, but you don't find them following through. The emphasis is on he doesn't teach like them. Application must be made to one's life. It's not good enough to just come to church and leave the same. Application must be made. When we think about what they were saying, you see, Jesus' teaching was so different because back in that time, there was not necessarily new teaching coming. Your credibility came about by how well about the, about the person that you were following. If you could quote somebody and attach your name to that person, this is what such and such person says in the Old Testament. Or this is what this person has interpreted to be as said by. And so when people were hearing, they were listening to the leaders and then attached whoever it was, name, but Jesus didn't do it. He said, this is what I say. This is what I command. You've heard it said before, but this is what I say. You see, there's nobody that can compare to him or has his authority. So when the people said he doesn't speak like anybody like them, he has such authority on his own. You see where that comes from. He wasn't bringing up other people. He says, but I say, so as they come off this mountain, it led to a comparison. But does it lead to obedience? Where were the people when Jesus was crucified? He had he, he later was going to feed five thousand people. Men, besides the women and children, many as maybe eight, nine thousand people. Then he fed four thousand men, besides all the others. Where were those people when it came to the crucifixion? In the upper room, there's only a hundred and twenty. After all that's been done, where are the people that were crowding and thronging? Why? Because when Jesus spoke. It wasn't good enough just to hear. He called for action. When the storms of life hit, he said, it 
showed what many people were made of. They turned around and left. Don't you preach too hard. Don't you preach against sin. You're going to lose members. And so people today and pastors today will withhold giving the word of God in order to keep a crowd. The only way to build on the solid rock is to do what Jesus said to do. You don't cozy up to doing what Jesus said to do by saying, I'm getting closer to doing what he said to do. I'm cozy enough to getting closer. You do what he says to do. One day, Lord, you know. The day you hear my voice, Jesus says, don't you harden your heart. There is a storm coming. And where you have built your house will reveal if it stands or falls with the great crash. A house is being built. Whether you know it or not, you are building your house. Oh, yeah, you're building your house. Yeah, I don't know what type of material you're using, but you're building your house. Your, your foundation, I, I don't know where you planted it, but if it's not in Jesus, it's on sand. You see, when storms come, they come in a variety of ways. You can barely catch your breath before something else hits. And if you're not grounded in Jesus, you'll be knocked over. It is not time to leave Jesus when the storms of life hit. It's time to make sure your anchor is secure in him. I don't know what I would do. Some major tragedies can happen to me, which they have, and I go running off. No, my, my foundation is in the Lord. Where am I going? When the storms of life hit, it shows what you've been building on. God knows about our emotions. He knows what happens to us. But that's the time you need him most. When the storms of life are raging, you need to be sure that your anchor is in him. You've set your foundation firm on his word, and then you walk in what he said. Bow your heads. Lord, you have said many things to us during the time of this Sermon on the Mount. And today we need to be able to be sure that we're building on the solid rock of Christ. That what you have called for us to do leads us to dig deep into the word, so that when the storms come, all it causes us to do is to have our roots, our roots go down further into that rock. When the winds blow, when things come and the, the storm is raging, the rain is coming and the floods from below is coming, and we don't know where to turn, may we just stand because we have already placed 
our trust in the Lord and have done what you've called us to do. Now, Lord, if people are building on anything less and anything else, we pray right now, not only will they reevaluate, but will pick up anchor since it ain't firm anyway and put it in Christ. We honor you today and we bless you today. We thank you right now that you protect us even in the storm. We can say, Lord, don't send the storm. No, the storms are coming. But may we have our foundation in the Lord Jesus Christ and obey you and obey the word. We give you all the glory this day and honor in Jesus' name. Amen.